Welcome to episode 30 of the Balls of Motion podcast. This week in motion, I'll be speaking to Red or Yellow Pod hosts, Adam and Ed, about all things grassroots refereeing, our experiences as a collective, and what's, what the future's looking like for young referees in the UK. Hope you enjoy the episode, guys. Before we start the podcast this week, guys, I've got a shout out to one of my close friends, Chris Henderson, who has a new business, which is called Wax Ape Detailing and Valeting. So for all you car enthusiasts who want a really professional job doing with your car inside and out, you need to get in contact with him. He's got Instagram and Facebook, so that'd be Wax Ape Detailing and Valeting. And you can drop him a DM and he'll give you all the packages, all the prices and have a talk through you what's best for you and what's best for your vehicle. So drop him a follow, guys, and get in touch. In motion! So, um, I did my first first game last weekend. And it was it was interesting. So everything you'd expect, it was just it was a young, it was under nines. So you, a bunch of eight year olds running around trying to two foot slide tackle everybody. Um, <laughs> so it was there was that side of it. But the the one side when we were talk, I remember you talking about on your podcast about the body cam. Obviously, really, you know, it's a really big thing in the UK at the minute. Um, there was an you incident should, with you shouldn't need body cams and a game of eight I agree. Or, surely what happened I completely no so it wasn't it wasn't that sense I think if it was a younger referee they might not have been able to deal with it so on my course there was plenty of 14 year olds 14 15 year olds and then there was me and about two other blokes at about 30 35 hmm. um and Don't this like that. Happened. I'm 36 it's not that bad to be 85 <laughs> 35 <laughs> I mean goodness <laughs> just it's full of full of that uh, teenagers it was it was quite eye-opening really um, I, suppose, I suppose in one respect that's that's a really positive thing because i know when yeah. i did my course there were literally no people that age it was all yeah. older people doing it so the fact that there's young people doing it i think is a, is a positive anyway sorry go on no sorry um and there was an instant there was a couple of decisions that were 50 50 you know plenty of ins and outs about took about 10 deflections and you're like okay yeah it's that way it's that way um and the away team manager came over at me at half time and said literally straight away when you're being biased to the home team and I was like oh. right I was thinking in my head there's lots of things that are going around in my head right now <laughs> <laughs> none none which are broadcastable <laughs> yeah exactly I was thinking right what do you say? What you say? And I said, "Can you give me an example of how you think I'm being biased?" And he said, "Oh well, there was this foul here." And I said, "That wasn't a foul. That was a shoulder to shoulder. It wasn't a push in the back, so that's not a foul." Yeah. And then there was another one which was another shoulder to shoulder, and he just wasn't very happy about the shoulder to shoulders. But I said, "It's part of the game. It's contact sport. It's a shoulder badge. It wasn't. There was no like intent or anything like that." Yeah. And I still think you're being biased. <laughs> and I was just. I was just like, okay, that that's fine. Um, and I said, at the end of the day, we're here to manage the game and make sure the kids 
have a good time and you know and enjoying themselves and he said yeah but but it's different and it was just it was just ranting on at me and I said do me a favor don't I don't want to hear another word from you in the second half. I was a bit worried about your language then. You were going to, what you were going to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, I was like, at the end of the day, his team were winning 2-1. And the craziest part is there was a foul that I should have given to the home team. I didn't. And they, and his team scored straight from it. And I, and, I looked, <laughs> and I looked at the sidelines and I was just like, Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the I'm world of refereeing. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, and you can never win. That's just why we do it, apparently. Yeah. So... You know, no, no, I'm afraid. I'm sorry. I was going to say that nothing makes my blood boil more than someone accusing me of bias. I mean, I, I, what what do they think I've got in you know in the game that makes me want to sort of prefer one team over another. I mean, I don't, do they not understand the whole principle of just being, you know, an arbiter, the referee, sort yeah. of the, the, the middle man and the, you know, uh, it, it, it drives me mad. when people Especially in, in your job, Ed, because like, that's like one of the most well, critical I, parts it, of your exactly. work, isn't it as well? So yeah, like it's, you couldn't find yeah. a fairer human in the world, to be honest. No, it's, it, it drives me mad. But so how did it all end up in the end? Um, so it ended up, with him not saying another word for the full game, apart from "Can I have a sub breath?" There you go. <laughs> then you dealt with it well. Yeah, yeah. So he spoke to me at the end as well, um, and he said he he was still so adamant about it. Though he was like, "I'm still, I still have the same opinion," and I said, "Okay, that's fine." <laughs> I, I, have, didn't, I didn't. I'd have said. I'd have said. I have my own opinions of you as well. Best we keep quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you can you, you can kind of see though why I stopped doing kids football because mm. honestly it was that sort I mean I had more extremes of behavior than, than that you just talked about but yeah um I just I couldn't understand how for under nines you know because I think the game I was doing at the time was like under 10s or under 11 something like that was you able to just... keep up it <laughs> <laughs> well th- thankfully they're on smaller pitches so it's my <laughs> But it, you know, it's just how these people get so animated about something, and I'm just thinking, let the kids just have fun and enjoy it. And yeah. and the reason why it made used to make me angry was, the kids see the manager behaving like that, and they think that they can start talking to you like that as well. And it's a it's a really bad example for for managers and parents to set where you know they sort of give abuse or moan at the referee because mm. it's it's learned behaviour from the kids, and they think, oh, we can say that as well. The other, um, the other thing, I... the other thing with that as well is like what I just, what I just find so infuriating at that level. I mean, I haven't done it for a very long time either, but like the kids don't care. The kids really don't care about whether the free kick goes their way or not. Really, like especially yeah. like, kids that young, they don't care whether the throw goes right or wrong. All they care about is that the ball is on the pitch and they're running around kicking it. Like that's all they care about. And when you bring in this uber competitiveness from like the coaches or the management level or the parents, it spoils the entire experience for everybody. And those eight-year-olds don't care whether they win or lose, really. What they care about is that they just have a good time playing with their friends, that they're just building their confidence, they're just building their self-esteem. And a manager and a coach who behaves that way just seeks to undermine all of that all of the time for them. And I'm like... Mate, what what are you what what part of your life are you trying to make up for 
by trying to bargain with me in this way and say to me that I am not doing a good job here. Like, did your wife leave you when you was like, you know, 22 or something? Like, did your mum never coddle you? Like, what is wrong with you that you are living through these eight-year-olds like this and you think it matters that much about whether you win, lose or draw today? It's eight-year-old football. If you put as much time and effort into calling me out, having a go at me, looking at what I was doing, if you put as much time and effort into just playing football, just working with your children, just trying to make sure they're smiling, trying to make sure they're learning the game a bit better, trying to get them to enjoy the process of what they're doing. If you put that much time and effort into them, you probably wouldn't have to worry about the fouls I'm calling because they'd probably be playing really well. But Brad, do you think you it was... I'm just interested because um, you sort of sound like you sort of engaged in conversation with the manager when he sort of comes up to you and makes that allegation. Um, do you think that was, do you think on, on reflection that was the right thing to do if, you know, or should you have not engaged with them or kept it? I mean, uh, my concern is when you start asking somebody, what do you think I've done wrong? <laughs> is your, you know, you're just expect, you know, you know what's coming next. It's going to be a whole litany of complaints about, you know, yeah. your judgment. <clears throat> and I, I, I can't just wonder what, what, you know, what is the point of entering into that discussion with somebody played? He's, he's told you you're biased. So he's now going to give you undoubtedly a a critical biased opinion of your abilities. Um, Yeah. Um, (laughs) So there's two parts to it. So what you guys were just covering there, um, the same team, like there was a player on the team, gave a free kick to the home side for a blatant, like two foot slide tackle. It was no any at all. And the player, like the the away team's player, picked the ball up in front of me and just slammed it down in front of me. And I was like, don't test me. It's my first game, man. <laughs> and he was like, speaking to an eight-year-old about slamming it down and what what what's gonna happen to what really need what's gonna happen. Um and I and I just looked over to the manager and he just put his head down and I was like, ideal. Um I just said just lad, I was just I mean, in that situation, like when I when I was doing whenever I had a, a children's fixture, like, you know, I'd make I wouldn't make an example of the kid or anything like that. Like what yeah. I do is I'd, I'd just call him over. I'd explain to him like why what he's done was wrong. Like, you know, I'm not getting my cards out for an eight year old. Let's just face it. No eight year old is getting a caution and no eight year old is getting yeah. sent off as far as I'm concerned, unless they spit at me or punch me. And um, yeah, and so, you know, you just take that moment and you're like, all right, buddy. Like, I I, I used to, like, get on my knees because I'm so tall. I didn't want to look like I was screaming and shouting and towering over a kid. So I'd get on my knees and I'd talk to him and I'd be like, dude, you, you can't do that on this pitch, all right? Because it means this, it means that, it means this, it means that. Okay, so what I'd really like you to do is next time just hand the ball to the opposition and just take a deep breath and walk away, move away. And but they, you know what? They, when you talk to children on that level, it they respond so well. Um, it, it it's a much better way of managing managing them, I think. Yeah. But they've seen that. I mean, that's just seeing football on TV. That's just what players yeah. do. Yeah, you yeah, know, they pick up the ball, throw it down. Mm. Um, you know, it's just classic learned behavior. But so um, so having done the the training and done your first game, yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about it all? Was it as a sort of um, was it overall a good experience? Looking forward to the next game. Gonna yeah. want to do adult football or what? Yeah, did you so, enjoy it. So I I enjoyed it. It was it was quite eye opening the training. Um, I, I don't know if 
and I know you can't just say, right, you need to do a week's worth of training because that's not realistic with people who work or whatever. But I don't know if the course has enough in it to be able to keep enough young referees. Wow. Um, like there was, there's one one night where you do a classroom and you're basically like doing VAR, um, which, which was good. Um, but that's another topic entirely. Um, so there's that, and then you've got um, another. The other two nights are practical, yeah. Where you've got about seven or eight minutes to ref, um, and yeah, it, it's pretty decent. And it's just games, and obviously you do the line, and yeah, it, which which was good. It was it was enough for me because I'd been watching loads of YouTube videos anyway on because I knew as. I signed up about five months ago and then they only do about three courses a year. Right. Uh, so I did that, which was, which was all right. Um, and yeah, it's completely different to what you think it's going to be like. I'm, I'm start, I'm building myself up through youth football first, um, but I'm definitely wanting to do adults football as well. Um, after I've got a bit more experience. I think youth football and certainly age group you did yesterday in some respects is, is more difficult than adult yes. football yeah. because uh, you know, it's the, the football's a bit chaotic. Um, the generally speaking, there's not really any intent in anybody's part, but it can get a bit messy. You, you um, have to, I think and, you have to learn to manage behavior a lot better as well. Cause like yeah, you don't want to lose your call in front of the kids either. So like the kids being just in your presence makes you learn how to talk out of situations, how to talk to situations. And you know what, as well, the thing I found with children was the more I kind of, I, you know, I, I want to say coach them. I kind of didn't coach them, but I would always be like, go on, yeah, pass it. You know, that's a really good pass. Like, yeah. I'd spend my whole time encouraging them as they're playing football. And, and I found like, you know, that, that really aided me when kind of taking it into adult football and, you know, the way in which I talk to players, the way in which I compliment players when they play, the way in which I give them a thumbs up and stuff now. And you can still see, like, when you do that as a referee, you see the little kid come out of the um, come out of the player and they're like, oh, wow, the referee said, oh, you know, that was a great save. Like, thanks, you know. And they really appreciate it and it really aids your match control. So the more you can kind of work with the children on a children's level, the way I always saw it when I was refereeing with children was... Um, I'm I'm their coach for the laws of the game, you know? So yeah. like, you know, when they're playing the game, I'd be like, no, 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 come on, let's do it like this. You need to do that just to avoid them from making mistakes, creating fouls and stuff like that because they've never read the book. They just watch it on telly. They've got no idea what a foul is or anything. Like, you know, if a foul throw happens, I'd, I'd, I'd call it, I'd blow it. I'd then give them another chance to throw the ball in. And I'd talk to him, I'd say, can you do it like this, please? This is how you're meant to do it, stuff like that, you know? Rather than kind of being an official, I'd kind of, I always viewed it in that sense. And and that kind of personal man management with each player and getting to know the kids' names and stuff like that, that that kind of laid the groundwork for me massively in in going into adults football. It's good to know, but it is a very different beast, I think, from, from oh, adult football. Yeah, I mean, adult football is... A lot more obviously physical. It's a lot quicker. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot more football decisions having to be made by the referee. Um, you know, positioning is more we, important. Yeah, and as we said in youth football, people generally aren't out to sort of hurt each other. If if anything, ha you know, fouls happen, it's sort of through um, clumsiness. Clumsiness. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what's what's the plan then? So you are you how how quickly are you going to progress on to doing adult football? Do you think, Brad? Um, 
I'm, I'll probably do the rest of this season, which isn't very long. It's only until mid-May. Mm. Um, and probably from like pre-season do, do adult football, I would imagine. Um, yeah, if, although, if... although there's going to be some dead rubbers towards the end of the season, which might be good games to go and ref. Yeah. You know, games that mean nothing to the teams involved. You, obviously, you don't want to be doing your first adult game when it's a sort of promotion um, yeah. re- relegation <laughs> game. Do you imagine? A, that, that, those are not good. <laughs> but... But you, know, <laughs> you did it. You did it a body cam, absolutely. Um, those are games that I really just don't like. But um, you know, a, a, a mid-table, no one cares. Yeah. You know that you know those sorts of games at the end of the season where you turn up and they're like, hopefully the eleventh player will be here shortly because they can't get yeah. the numbers together because the game means nothing. Yep. That that might be a, a good game to maybe try and do end of season. Um, just to, just to sort of get your eye on a bit on adult football, but otherwise, really yeah, good I mean, suggestion. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I think you know, start next season is pretty cool. I um, I remember I when I started, I started on a vets league, so I did veterans yeah. football, and yeah, interestingly, like that was really interesting because I think you know they were competitive, but they all knew they were awful, right? And also, they all had a very whacked view of football, right? In like in a nice kind of sweet way, but you know, like, this was like 10, 10, 12 years ago now, and. So, you know, football's moved on a lot since then, but, you know, they, you know, we're talking about 40, 50 year olds playing football here. So they believe that you could literally jump in on a player and and that's fine. You know, that's what Roy Keane did and Chopper Harris did and stuff like that. Like that's what football is. And, and so again, there, it was a great test for educating people. It was a great test in trying to garner the respect of older people as well. Um, and that was difficult. And, trying to get them and learning to work with different, really different types of personalities. But also what I found useful about it was they really didn't care too much if they won or lost. Like they were, they were just, they were men playing a hard, a hard, tough version of football. But at the end of the day, they knew winning or losing wasn't, wasn't that important, Mm. you know? And, and so you had the kind of jeopardy of the result taken out of the game a bit more like they still play to win but they you know they weren't going to lose that, that, that does make a big difference yeah it does that's what i say it's like those those sort of mid-table end of season games mm. you're not going to get the the borderline red card tackles because no. no 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 one's got the the you know any interest in that at all so they're quite good games to referee but but Brad, so what what's Property then to do the refing qualification now. Not that I'm suggesting you're old, because also I'm sitting here much older than you. But I mean, what, 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 what's what's uh, prompt you to do it now? So I've co- I've coached for nearly ten years, right? Uh, and I always said that I'd do that until like the fire started slowly going out. Um, and I'm getting to that point now because there's plenty of people who do it just you know for whatever reason. I don't know what the reasons are, but they do it for. 10, 15, 20 years or whatever. Um just by habit maybe. And I've I've always I've always wanted to to do reffing, but I've never never really had the time or the opportunity. So I thought if I'm stepping away from coaching in the next season or two, um, that'll give me enough time to be able to build up my experience reffing and then yeah. go all out to to do the refing. Um, so that, that was that was the motivation behind it. Um, but yeah, it's it's so eye opening though. Like especially the laws of the game when you when you look at, you know, a bit of bedtime reading. 
Um, oh that's God, that's time. definitely going to put you to sleep. <laughs> that's why, that's why I never read it before we record Red or Yellow because um, <laughs> because I'd be asleep. I'd miss I'd miss um, our meeting with Ed. <laughs> but I think I think what people don't appreciate is it's one thing sort of sitting down and reading the laws, but when you get out on the pitch and referee, oh. right, you don't have the law book with you. So oh, yeah. it's all it's all going to be based on memory. And even worse, as we said a few times in the podcast, is you have to make decisions really, really quickly. You know, you can't like mull it all over and think, well, hold on, is it? Let's think this through. Is it that? Is it this? Is it a yellow card? I mean, it, it's you've got to do it so quickly. And that, I think, is the thing that struck me the most when I first started refereeing is that, my God, this is all, this all happens so quickly. Uh, you just don't have the time to think about stuff a lot of the time. That's why uh, experience. It's really, it's really difficult. That's yeah, why experience exactly. is critical because you know that experience. You you just you know you I I you know I, this will come as no surprise to anyone who listens to Red or Yellow or or either of you two. But um, you know I definitely went out and refereed my f- probably first five, six, seven. No, I think I still actually I've never read the laws of the game back to front. Like I've never read every word in the book right ever. No. Um, and, <laughs> sorry, I said Norway. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And um, but all the lessons he still, has, you he still doesn't do it now. <laughs> <laughs> but all the lessons you learn, all the lessons you learn is like from a match situation. And then I've gone back and I've reviewed what happened in the match and why that went wrong. And I'm a much more practical learner like that. That's why you know I could read the book till the cows come home. But I'm I know I'm not going to learn it as well as like as well as just being out there doing it. And, you know, luckily I have the the joy of relying on having assistance as well. So, you know, if I'm worried about something, I can rely on their brains a little bit if I need to. But I I use, you know, my vast experience at this point to to make sure that I know I'm making the right decision when I need to. And so that, that really helps um, as opposed to being able to just recall the book in your brain. Obviously, there's certain things that you have to, it's, I don't know. I think, you know, you can't really apply the book practically very well, like because you get into situations when you're ref in that there's there's no real guideline for. It could take you 20 minutes reading the book just to figure out one line. So, you know, you, you develop a feeling as you get more and more experienced. And that feeling is really important to listen to. But I'm really interested, Brad. You said that there was, you actually did some actual refereeing as part of your course, did you? Because there was no practical element to my that's because you did it in 1971 ed i didn't actually because my story is very much like brad's in that i stopped coaching and then i took up refereeing and it wasn't that long ago but (laughs) um but there was no it was just classroom based i mean i found that i found it really bizarre for for a role which is so practical um it it always struck me as a bit odd that that, that, you know i had sort of eight weeks in the classroom and then i sat a written test and then that was it but you, you actually did some practical stuff did you yeah, so the practical stuff basically seven aside, and you had eight minutes to ref, which isn't really a long time, is it? In no. that, in the, um, and it was it was it was quite difficult some some of the games because obviously you'd be playing it would just be back to back for two nights, but some of the refs you couldn't hear when they were blowing the whistle, like they were yeah. doing nerve. Obviously, you're going to be aren't you when it's like full of strangers who you know because we were play acting a little bit um, as you do try and you know make a decision <laughs> and you know um, and those three tutors two tutors were there one night 
and then the other one did like a, a night and a half basically and i got really good feedback from the the tutor on the the first night of the practical and so the guy who'd not been there said oh i hear i hear you did quite well he went oh I'll, you can ref tonight again for us if you want and i was like all right yeah um but he said instead of doing eight minutes you can do 20. Yeah. All right. <laughs> suddenly suddenly <laughs> regretting that beer you had before you went to the course um, I know. I, um, I yeah, like, like I started doing, I started doing those kind of referee nights for Essex County FA before I retired, and um, and yeah, it was much better when we added that practical element when we could get people out on the pitch and and just you know even like flag work, just working with flags and getting them to yeah. practice blowing the whistle. Like we'd spend five ten minutes just line them up and going blow your whistle, no blow your whistle now blow your whistle for a, a red card now blow your whistle for a reckless tackle now blow your whistle for offside like you know and just trying to get them to understand that the different tones of the whistle and stuff like that equals better communication like it was it was good it was much better like my one was classroom based we were sat in a, a room at county fa and terry thacker yeah. god bless him um he you know he'd talk us through what to do there'd be a, a slightly pumped up football a slightly non-pumped up football a football boot with this whole split and a football boot that wasn't and that was about as practical as it got and and then he'd just sit there and talk us through how to referee and yeah it's much better at being practical for sure and it does add a, a much better dynamic to it yeah i don't i don't i'm trying to remember what my first game was i mean i think it was actually went okay thank god i, mean, I don't think it was particularly controversial but it's it, it all just went by in a bit of a flash to be honest um it mm. kind of it was just uh it's a bit overwhelming because it was uh, I think I got appointed to a cup game for, for cup game in adult football for my first match on a wow. Saturday afternoon. And, you know, and obviously like kind of not properly ref, but sort of um, friendly stuff, you know, in, in club stuff before friendlies and things, but it was, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a sort of um, baptism of fire. Um, mm, that would have yeah. been. Yeah. No, I think, really tough. I think, I don't know if it was my first game, but it was definitely one of my very first games was um, I ended up refereeing one of the teams that was pretty much all of my friends from the church. Right. So like there was a few groups of lads who, you know, were brothers and stuff and they all were part of this football team. And, and then one of the dads of one of those groups of lads, he was the manager of the team. And, um, and it was an intense game down in Hainault. And um and yeah, I, I, I remember having to send off like someone I'd known my whole life, like a guy called Graham Street, and he was the goalkeeper, and it was a dogzo. And um, he, you know, he come rushing out, and I'm pretty sure he fouled the player. And um and yeah, and then so and the two things I remember most clearly was once it happened, three things actually. Once it happened, like I'd had to send him off, and I was I just looked at him, I went. Graham, I'm so sorry. Like, I've got to send you off. Like, it, you brought him down and I think he would have scored. And he was like, what? No. And he said to me, that was the first red card he'd ever got. And I was like, fair enough. Um, and then the next thing I remember is Ken, the uh, the manager, who was one of the fathers of uh, three of the boys who played in the team. He, uh, he asked me to not put it through because it meant he wouldn't have a goalkeeper next week. And I was like... I can't not put it through um and, and then the other thing i remember is like sitting down and writing the report and i made the report so detailed and like i 
I wrote in it that like there could have been two covering defenders that I might not. I just didn't take into account whether they'd have got in and made a tackle or not or whatever. Like trying to like always trying to give them a chance to appeal the red card so that Graham could play the next week, right? And uh, and then Graham Graham said to me because we were all playing in the same cricket team as well, and uh, and apparently when he got sent off that afternoon, he said to everyone, "You wait till I get Adam in the net, so I'm going to fire pelters at him." And uh, yeah. and he did, and actually I stood up to them, so I was quite chuffed with that. Yeah, that was, but that was one of my first games. I don't know if it was the first one, maybe second. It was, it was an interesting experience for sure. But did 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 you enjoy it, Brad? Though the first your first game. Yeah, I loved it. Did um, you? It was, yeah, it was it it was good. It was it was a good little game, um, and it was a I think it was an ideal game. Um, there wasn't a lot really. There was there was bits and pieces, but it was, you know, the, I think for me and and obviously it echoes what what you guys say on on your podcast as well is that the worst part. Well, you don't say this, but this is my opinion. The worst part of grassroots football, like youth grassroots football, is the parents. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and and the reason why that I mean I I told this story so many times before on the podcast but you know that that experience I had one Sunday where I stopped just decided as I got back in the car that that's I'm not doing youth football anymore you know what am yeah. I doing driving across South London on a Sunday morning for you know whatever it was 20 quid to, to referee a kid's game because it was I mean the, the, I had parents stood behind the respect barriers I mean the irony of it it was ridiculous stood behind the respect barriers shouting abuse I mean it was just unbelievable and you know, the, the, the parents would come over and moan at you sort of at half time or after the game with their kids present. And yeah. they would hear their parents be abusive towards you. And they just thought it was all perfectly acceptable. And so they just copied that behavior. And I, I, I was like, you know, what, what on earth am I doing here? You know, mm. absolutely no interest yeah. in doing this at all. Um, and yeah, it's that is a real problem. Kids, parents just can't can't behave themselves. Unfortunately, they get too involved with with football. And we, I think Adam said a few times before that somebody at some point is going to do something fairly drastic. I know Adam's suggestion, I think one of our podcasts was that they just simply say, you know, no parents within, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think they, I just don't think they bring anything positive to to youth football at all. In fact, I think it's almost all uh, negative stuff. But you know you shouldn't have to. That's the problem. You know when you're when you're there to manage and referee a game, that that you shouldn't have to be dealing with that sort of stuff. You know you shouldn't have yeah. to be dealing with sort of parents on the sidelines. Um, the the most that, important that's not really thing, the job. The most important thing with youth football is that the children enjoy themselves, and that's all that matters. Yeah. And yeah. you as a referee are there to help facilitate that happening. And you know when parents are getting involved like that, that causes that into jeopardy. You know, it's not about winning or losing. It's 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 a participation sport at that level. You know, you're not at the level I referee at where you know people are getting paid to play and it. You know, there's there's big prize money and stuff like that. Like, there's just they're just it's a participation sport for children to build their confidence, to build their um, hand-eye coordination, to develop them physically a little bit. Like, that's it. That's all it is there for. So why don't we just engage with it in that manner? And everything could be better. Did you have to I speak agree. to any of them, Brad, at all? Um, I spoke to, one of them was a little bit, you know, our ref, come on, blah, 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 like he's watching the Premier League or whatever. Um, so I spot, he came over me at halftime as well. 
after I'd spoken to this. A parent, a parent. Yeah, yeah. Right. And he, he was saying about the foul that I didn't give that obviously led to the away team going two one up. And I just I just said if I don't see it, I can't give it. Well, it's as you know, it's 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 as simple as that. And the crazy part is when we were saying about the problems in new football in the UK. I don't know if you guys saw the silent weekend that they've done a couple of times this season. So no, the silent weekend, no. the first instant was in October last year. Um, and it was parents and coaches aren't allowed to talk whatsoever while while there was, there's this game and it's over the same weekend. So every club in England mm. basically had to follow it because the FA said you have to follow it. There's no... Oh well, can the coaches talk or whatever? So the first one, uh, it was oh, it, it was very strange, but you know you let the kids play. Um, and there was one six weeks ago, right? And they said parents can't talk, but coaches can, right? Right. And which do you know what? It it's not it's not a bad it's not a bad thing, and it it doesn't really matter to me as long as the kids are playing. Like I've got an under fourteens girls team, so that they're more than capable of you know, not needing instruction at this point. But yeah. for me, it just highlights how crazy it is at the minute in grassroots football in the UK, having to do a silent weekend. Yeah. <laughs> what, I, what I find really interesting about that is like, you know, I've refereed Premier League Academy tournaments and things like yeah. that. And there, like no one, like parents have to stand like miles away and they're told if you if you say anything, if you approach the referee in any way, shape, or form, your kid is out of the Liverpool Academy. Your kid is out of the Manchester United Academy. Like, and they'll never be able to play again. Like, that's it. You just do not get involved. But that's one aspect of it. But the other aspect of it is this: is the coaches at that level just don't care about you. Like, as the referee, like you're mm. inconsequential. All they are focused on is getting their players to play the best football that is possible. And, yeah. and it's such a nice experience at that level because, you know, everyone is focused on the brilliance of football and it allows you to thrive as a referee as well because you've got players who are playing good football who care about the development of their skill in the sport of football and they're not focused on you. And, you know, you know, you give a slightly dodgy decision or whatever, they they just get on with it. They just, okay, balls down, balls in play. What do we do now? How do we work through this phase of football? How do we work through that phase of football? And suddenly as a referee, you're not a, a bargaining chip between tr them trying to get a decision out of you. Suddenly you're there to just manage the game. The coach is there to manage his team. The other coach is there to manage his team. And together you get 90 minutes of football out of everybody. That is really quick, really fast, really competitive and really progressive football. And that's such a, that was such a lovely experience. I was like, why do coaches up and down the country not recognize this aspect of how it should work? Because they probably get much better performances out of their teams. But the, I mean, you're right though. It's, it's terribly sad, is it? What damning indictment of our, mm. the state of English football when you've got to have an initiative like a silent weekend mm -hmm. to, to drive home the point that, you know, you've got to conduct yourself properly on the touchdown. I mean, it is, it is mad. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know what the, I don't know what the solution is. And Adam's solution is sort of, I think, just know, ban just them. No parents. yeah, just ban them. Just ban them. Uh, 
But uh, it, that was really the main part of why I hated the game that I dealt with. The, the actual problems on the... There wasn't any real problems on the pitch. You know, the, the, like you say, there's, there's no one really is malicious. Any any fouls are just because they're clumsy and ill-timed. And, and they're kids. You know, you don't, you don't have to sanction anybody. But, the you know, it was just the abuse, the allegations from... Um, you know, the, the the parents, I think in the game that I did, somebody got injured, not through anybody's bad tackle, they just got injured. But of course, the parent then is immediately blaming you because, you know, somehow yeah. they seem to think that mm. you should have been protecting everybody on the pitch from, yeah. you know, contact, which is absurd because, as you said already, it's a, it's a you know, contact sport. Um, yeah, thoroughly, un- thoroughly uh, miserable experience for me. The last game I did there, I'm still, still <laughs> talking about it years later, still scarred by it. You're not bitter, are you, Ed? <laughs> well, I, I, I just came. My, my, I came away from it thinking, um, what, you know, how, how is football going to survive if, if you know, people are walking away from that, you know, and that's part of the game or the game itself because of that really negative experience. And I, I, I said before, you know, if you'd been a, a sort of 14-year-old kid who's just qualified, um, thinking I'm going to go and ref that on a Sunday, and if they'd got that, they may never have ever stepped foot on a football pitch again as a referee. And that that's the problem. Um, I, I've been contacted by a few journalists, like since we've been doing the podcast about, you know, stuff and things like that. And they're all ex-referees who refuse to referee again, you know, because they're, yeah. they're in their 20s now. And they're like, I just couldn't hack the abuse. And I was like, fair enough. I get it. I do. There's days I think I can't hack it anymore, you know. Um, and it sucks. Yeah, no, it's um, it is worrying. It is very, very worrying. And I know we keep talking about on our podcast about how you know people complain about dwindling referee numbers, but you know they uh, we keep trying to explain to people that that they're part of the problem i mean they the are the problem. Got... they're not part yeah. of the problem they are the problem yeah. because if you think about it refereeing is a great gig right you get paid right yeah you're not you're not having to work in sainsbury's or something but also you get to keep fit all right yeah. Yeah. there's great progression available to you if you're good enough it can develop your confidence um you know you get to do lots of fun things like i got to go to st george's park Ed and I got to go and referee in Rome. Like it opens up lots of different opportunities and avenues avenues for you. It's a great gig. So yeah. why are numbers diminishing so much? Simply because no one wants to work in an environment where they're getting abused and no one should have to. And that's all it comes down to. And so, you know, if numbers are dwindling, it's not because refereeing isn't a good fun thing to do. It's because parents and coaches are making it um, impossible for you to survive. Is fourteen too young to be a referee? Yeah, I I don't think so. I think I think that I don't see any reason why you can't start at fourteen to be doing youth football, because you know if you if you know you want to referee, uh, why shouldn't you sort of start at a sort of young age? But um, you know they've got to be obviously restricted to to refereeing games which are significantly younger than them, um, so they don't have you know bad experiences from you know getting a decision wrong and getting sort of lambasted for it that but that's that's the problem is that you know you you're not everybody's like 14 is is sort of particularly confident um yeah. and some people's confidence can be really easily knocked and they may have may have had a really good game from a referee perspective but go away from it thinking i just don't like this whole experience and that because they see you know, their parent came and said something to them and was abusive towards them and that's that's the the problem 
And I just wish that the sort of the parents and people who go to sport football could understand that they are the problem. So yeah. it doesn't keep happening. I mean, I'm not a parent, like, but I just don't get it. I just don't get how you can have that attitude towards other people as a parent because your son or daughter is playing in that football match. I just don't understand. Yeah. Yes. So you're off to do how many games today, Brad? Yeah, so three games. Three? Okay. You, My goodness. That's, that would give that that makes Ed sweat at night when he's got three games. He's thinking, <laughs> how am I gonna get through that much football? <laughs> yeah, you football. Yeah, uh, and what's the going rate money wise? Um, for youth football, let's, let's talk practical matters. That's private business, uh, Ed. It's not private business. This is, you know, this that's all in the public domain. Is it all right, <laughs> money wise? Yeah, <laughs> I want to do youth football again, says Ed. I know. Here we <laughs> so go. Hold on. This Smaller is this pitches. is how this is how we get him back in, right? Smaller, Smaller pitches. pitches. No just have to throw. put up with some abuse. But and you get paid. You get paid. Yeah, you know, it's forty quid, Ed. You'd come out for that now, wouldn't you? <laughs> It had nothing. It had nothing to do with the abuse you got, did it? It was the fact that they only gave you a tenner. <laughs> and also, God blimey, more than one game in a day. That's that's absolute. That's a bonanza. That is a bonanza. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're looking if you do between five aside and seven aside. It's a it's about fifteen twenty quid depending See? on the county county FA. Um, and then when you go nine aside, you're looking at twenty five. And then eleven aside's thirty. So, wow! wow. Like doing like doing like, I was I was a was I was a contributory league referee, so I was on the Essex Senior League. Yeah, and I would also do um, the what's the next level up from that? What's that league called? Um, oh, the Ryman League. It was the Ryman League when I was yeah. on it, right? I'd get I'd like, if I did a middle on the Ryman League. I got I would I never did, but if I did, I think. That was only like forty pounds, and if I was an assistant, it was like thirty-two pounds. And if I did a middle, a contributory league level, it was only thirty-two pounds. My God, that's like that hardly feels fair. <laughs> like it's not. I'm dealing with semi-professional footballers and the pressure of like major competition and promotion and relegation to the national conference, and I'm I'm only getting like three, three, four, maybe sometimes the same amount of money as you're getting. My goodness. I think the going rate now for adult football in London is pretty good. I think it's like 40 quid, 45 quid a game now. It must yeah, be because of inflation. Uh, which isn't bad at all, bearing in mind that, you know, it's a terrible admission to make. But I mean, I'd probably do it if I wasn't getting paid, to be perfectly honest. So I, mm. I, I really, I really enjoy I, I, I went into it for the same reasons that you did, Brad, which is a sort of, I stopped coaching and managing, but just really wanted to keep being involved in football. And it's just a very obvious step to take. And I mean, it's it's fun. I mean, it, sh- it should be fun. I mean, it, yeah. And also, it's sort of exercise, involvement in football, fresh air gets you out. You know, on a Saturday, or Sunday afternoon, or Sunday morning. And um, you know, I think it's a really, really good activity. And if you're getting paid to boot, um, even better. Absolutely. Um, but oh well, that makes my makes my day sound very uh, sedate now that I'm told us you're going out to referee about three football. Someone's games. someone's <laughs> off to a middle class boat party, aren't they, Ed? <laughs> Why well, is the boat race today? You know, what, what's one meant to do on a boat race day? 
<laughs> I, I don't think I, well one I didn't even know it was the boat race day but two what would I do on the boat race day if I was in England I'd probably just watch the boat race in my front room like most English people do I'm not I'm not, I'm not remotely interested in the boat race to be perfectly honest with you but it is a you special know, occasion I used to train someone who uh, she was in the very first female Oxbridge boat race mm. there you go she was a oh, very good oh, rower Adam's own fun facts there you go <laughs> oh I better get a jingle Brad <laughs> <laughs> the fun fact seems to be better than that to get a jingle out of oh really because I think that was on a par with your ones <laughs> oh dear well right. um, I can't believe Adam got us up at absurd o'clock on a I, Sunday morning I, with the clocks going back I didn't get you up there we go hey ho <sighs> well good luck with your games Brad thank you I hope, nice um, talking to you yeah I hope they're a good experience you for you today mate yeah Hopefully, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, let us know how they go. Hopefully, they're uneventful. Hopefully, there's no accusations of bias, and hopefully, there's no abuse from parents. But we all know that's part. Sorry, wait, wait, wait. Is he refereeing football or is he refereeing rugby? Well, honestly, <laughs> it will be. I suspect we'll have all of those featured today. So, uh, very best of luck. Enjoy it, and we'll, um, we'll check in with you at some stage of the future as we get an update on how things are going and your first good. Uh, eleven aside. Absolutely right. Awesome. Have fun stuff, today. Man. Will do. See you later. See ya. Ciao, ciao. Bye.